Welcome to MRCS on the Move. Bowels, bones, and backseat vibers. I'm your host, Naomi, but this is the podcast where you do the talking. Hi, welcome back for another episode. How's people's days been? Good, bad, ugly bits, good bits? Mine personally has been a very boring, monotonous day. I'm currently at home isolating, praying for my lateral flows to finally become negative as I, one, would like to get back to work and two, I have a marathon at the weekend. So please help me. (laughs) I don't know how you can help me, but I really am hoping they're going to become negative. Anyway, sorry, enough of that ramble. Um, Let's, I'm just going to carry on a little bit on the topic from last time. We're going to talk about mainly TUR syndrome Maybe slightly niche, probably don't need to know all this information for the MRCS, but nah, I thought I'd do one on it anyway. But I'm going to kick us off with a question, what are the complications of a TURP? So main complications, bleeding. Now post-op TURP bleeding can be pretty catastrophic and they might require a, a return to theatre. So if you are on call and you get this call, it's actually fairly important you go and see them quickly. Uh, infection, urosepsis, retention, more long-term urinary incontinence, urethral strictures, and sexual complications, including retrograde ejaculation, which pretty much happens in everyone, and erectile dysfunction. But as I said, the one we're going to talk about today is TUR syndrome, transurethral resection syndrome. So what is TUR syndrome? So it's a multifactorial syndrome that results from the excessive absorption of irrigation fluid, typically glycine, 1.4% glycine. And it occurs during endoscopic procedures. Now, it's typically a TURP, but it can occur in TURBTs, so bladder tumour resections, or PCNL even. Um, This occurs because the glycine is... What is the glycine compared to, to plasma? It's a hypotonic solution, which is absorbed through the prostatic venous plexus, and it is potentially life-threatening. Okay, so take it seriously. Can you guess the incidence of TUR syndrome, roughly? So historically, it's roughly 1% to 2%, although likely lower now with modern technologies and things like the more common use of bipolar diathermy. And what are the cardinal features of TUR syndrome? So there's three cardinal symptoms. Essentially, one, dilutional hyponatremia, hyponatremia, two, fluid overload, and three, glycine toxicity. Okay, so you've got your dilutional hyponatremia, so you've got your hypotonic glycine, which is absorbed into the bloodstream, and it leads to an osmotic shift 
of fluid into the tissue. So this is things, uh, tissues such as the brain, for example. That leads to your symptoms of confusion, nausea, vomiting, reduced GCS. Second one I mentioned was fluid overload. That causes pulmonary edema, which leads to shortness of breath, hypertension. And then finally, you've got your glycine toxicity. So glycine is actually uh, an inhibitory neurotransmitter in the retina. So that's why you get your flashing lights symptoms. And um, you get cardiotoxicity from glycine, which causes your bradycardia. Okay, so this is going to test whether you've been listening or not, because I've already mentioned most of these. But what are the symptoms and signs of TUR syndrome? So mainly, and this is obviously if the patient is awake with a spinal or it occurs post-operatively, they become confused and agitated, maybe nauseated and vomiting, reduced consciousness, eventually coma and eventually death. Um, they become hypertensive. Now, hypertensive is the main thing you're going to see interoperatively if the patient is under a general anaesthetic. Okay. They can be short of breath, as we mentioned, and have tachyarrhythmias and eventually bradycardia as well. And they describe visual disturbances and flashing lights. And eventually a late sign is that they become hypotensive. Okay. Right. So you're on call. You're the surgical SHO covering general surgery and neurology, say. I'm sure a lot of you do this. It's seven o'clock. Most people have gone home. Six o'clock maybe. Um, 70-year-old patient in recovery following a TURP. He's become agitated and confused and the nurses are concerned. They call you. How would you assess this patient? So firstly, I would go to them relatively quickly pretty quickly <laughs> and you're going to approach this patient in obviously an A to an E manner following crisp algorithms okay and the crisp approach let's just run through that then uh, so A is the patient's airway patent can you talk to the patient are there any signs of obstruction or noises um, stridor etc any swelling so you're going to put the patient on 15 litres non-rebreather of oxygen. You want to know their respiratory and their saturations. Now you're going to listen to their chest and what are you listening to their chest for signs of? Pulmonary edema, correct. And then investigation-wise at this point, you'll need to get a portable chest x-ray and then potentially an ABG. And maybe just sit the patient up. Simple measures might help, okay? C, moving on to your cardiovascular system. Get them on monitoring know their heart rate and their blood pressure. As we said, it's likely to be up both of them to start with. What's their capillary refill time? What's their JVP? Your interventions, get your IV access, two wide board cannulas and take off some blood. So you want a VBG, you need to get a really um, immediate sodium level. Um, send off your and E's, formal use and E's, get clotting, FBC, group and save. Remember at this point, you're not definite on the diagnosis. This person might have a post-TURBP. 
T-U-R-B-T, T-U-R-P, sorry, um, bleed. So make sure they've got group and safe. Depending on their observations, you might consider IV fluids, but you need to review their anti review their sodium and get an ECG. Now in D, note their GCS, note their temperature, note their blood sugar level, and then E, everything else. Feel their abdomen. Is their catheter working? Do they have a distended abdomen? What is in their catheter? Is it is it draining, as I said? Is it hematuric? And remember, this is post-op, so you need to remember to look at things like drains. In this particular case, look at the irrigation fluid. It should definitely be saline. Make sure there's not glycine going up. And make sure it's running as slow as possible. We don't need to be flushing this patient with really quick irrigation, don't we? and we don't want to be. So slow as possible to maintain the patency of the catheter. Okay, so obviously, as we know, any intervention, you're going to go back and you're going to reassess. But what kind of things do we need to, additional things do we need to do with, say, when, when you're reviewing a post-op patient, even when you're just reviewing a, a sick patient? So we need to look at the operation note, don't we? We need to know who the surgeon is, because you're going to want to be calling them, depending on the time or the consultant on call for whatever specialty it is. Particularly for this case in the operation note, you want to know the length of the procedure. Any operation note, you want to know exactly what they've had done. Um, and you need to know the size of the prostate. And was there any bleeding or capsular bleed? There would have been bleeding, but any significant bleeding um, or capsular breach during the operation and any other complications that occurred, difficulties. Review the patient's drug chart, see what they've had, review their allergies. Just find out a brief history or background of the patient. And then you're going to review your bloods, aren't you? And you want to look at the pre-op bloods and especially the sodium. Were they hyponatremic pre-operatively? So what's the management for TUR syndrome? That's probably what you're most worried about. So there's three elements to this, prevention, recognition, and treatment, okay? For most people, um, you know, prevention, if, you, if you're not a urology trainee or you're not on a urology job, or and you're not setting the urology ST3 interviews, this information probably is a bit too much for you, but I'll just mention it briefly. So they should be have a normal sodium preoperatively, you need to reduce the resection time, preferably less than 60 minutes. Use bipolar um, uh, dissection and reduce the irrigation fluid. So you need to have it as low as possible to maintain good vision, but not to over-irrigate and have the patient done under a spinal anesthetic. Recognition interoperatively, that's uh, the most common sign is hypertension. Post-operatively, that's will be your job being on call. Think about this, have it as an option if they're following a, trans a endoscopic procedure. And then treatment. So treatment, what kind of treatment does anyone know? So the treatment is essentially supportive, okay? but it must be done in a multidisciplinary way. So the anaesthetists are helpful, the surgeons obviously, and then intensive care or HDU. 
the patient needs to be given diuretics. Okay, if, if, you, suspe if you suspect this, they need to be given diuretics very quickly. So it's IV frusamide, 40 milligrams, or the other option is mannitol, but IV, IV frusamide would be your first. Observation, or if it's severe cases, they need invasive operation on intensive care. Repeat buds and monitoring of their sodium. Slow the irrigation as much as possible. And then hyponatremia correction in, again, severe cases. What are the potential complications of a rapid correction of sodium? What is, I'm looking for one really. Central pontine myelinysis. Myelinolysis. <laughs> Add that to the list of words I can't say. Um, <laughs> and do you know how quickly, or the, the limit of how fast we should correct sodium? It's one millimole per litre per hour. Okay, so as I said, maybe not the most important topic, but one I just thought I'd do a very quick episode on. TUR syndrome, just remember it's the result of excessive absorption of irrigation fluid, typically glycine, results in dilutional hyponatremia, fluid overload and glycine toxicity. Treatment-wise, A to E approach, stabilise, involve seniors, IV frusamide, observation, get repeat blood tests. Okay, so we'll, we'll stop there. Just a short episode for today. I hope again everyone is well and I will be back soon. Take care. Bye-bye. Oh, well,